Hey there, and welcome to the Good Kind Podcast. At Good Kind, we are all about helping people cultivate the good kind of habits and holiday practices that allow them to engage with God and one another throughout the year. To learn more about us and the products we make, go to www.goodkind.shop and follow us on social media. We hope you enjoy today's episode of the Good Kind Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Pappalardo here uh, with Good Kind, and I'm joined today with conversation. We're going to talk about Easter. I've got here with me Amy Cavanaugh, our Director of Operations. Hello. Nice to see you again, Chris. It's been, what, a full 36 hours? <laughs> yeah, it's been a day, maybe maybe day and a half. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about this. Uh, e- Easter is, this is not a su- surprise to anybody, but Easter is really central to the Christian faith. But for a lot of folks, is a bit of a dark spot on their map because there's there's pieces of the Easter holiday or traditions that they just they've heard of, and they're, yep. they've just got a lot more questions than answers. So we may not answer everything, but we're gonna have some fun along the way. So absolutely, yeah, we might we might need a little bit longer um, and a few more degrees if we're trying to answer everything. <laughs> yes, yes. So before we get into Easter proper, I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious. Uh, Easter is one of those holidays you're growing up, everybody's got a family tradition. Do you have any personal stories or, or, or things from your childhood that, uh, yeah. So I grew up, um, in a United Methodist church. And one thing that I remember more than anything else was, um, at our church in the little downtown area where we live, um, every Palm Sunday, they would have members of the North Carolina symphony come and play music. And it was the most like grand and beautiful like display of music that you could ever imagine. It's amazing. Much, how like you can't fit a whole symphony in a church. How many members are we talking about here? I mean, there were probably a good 15 to 20. That's, um, that's yeah. Super cool. Yeah, there was like a good amount of space up in the front of the church, um, like before the altar, and they could line up like three or four rows of chairs. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the musicians to play. And all of the kids would come in like waving their palm branches at the yes. start of the service. And so I got to do that a lot. I took that very seriously. Um, <laughs> and so just a lot of like liturgy and a lot of really like, I don't know, like meaningful stuff uh, that was happening in those services that if you know the meaning behind it is like really powerful, really beautiful. Um, For me, I was just like, whoa, there's a lot of music here. What's happening? This is not a typical Sunday. Um, And so that's one of the things that, you know, as I have grown, have a family of my own, a kid that could, you know, maybe fling a branch (laughs) around. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because we don't attend a church um, that, you know, does anything like that on Palm right. Sunday. Sometimes right. they mention, Hey, it's Palm Sunday. Correct. Um, but you know, this, you attend the same church, right, uh, right. but yeah, it's something that like, I didn't really appreciate a whole lot until more recently. And now I kind of miss that more formalized element, like announcing that, Hey, this Sunday is different. Here's why. And it was a very triumphant yep. service. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I, grew up with um but yeah what about you did you get i'm still i'm still on this did you get to take <laughs> the palm branch home yes 
That we was, did. yeah. See, that's, uh, I was in a Presbyterian church for a lot of my uh, growing up. And the, we also did Palm Sunday. And that we didn't have a procession. We did not mm-hmm. have a symphony. We were <laughs> not that sophisticated. <laughs> but we were able to get a bunch of, uh, I don't even know if there are palm leaves. There are these like long, skinny things that, yeah. we, you know, we said were palms because it was Pennsylvania and palm leaves are hard to come by, you know. Makes sense. But um, but they gave them out to all the kids. And I just, I loved it. And uh, being a young boy, we would go out in the parking lot afterwards and like have sword fights with them, which is maybe oh, not yeah. the intent, but I loved it and, and remembered it. And um, so I, yeah, I kind of want to bring Palm Sunday back. It's not, it's, I, I say this like, it's a lost thing. And there's a ton of churches out there doing yeah. it. I want to yeah. lobby for us, like bringing it to our church because yeah. it's a lot of fun. I did too. And so what's interesting is I learned this week, um, I was just reading some some things on Ash Wednesday and whatnot. A lot of churches that do the palm branch waving, collect the branches and then um, burn them and use those ashes for the following year's Ash Wednesday service. I had never really thought about that. That's which really, makes so yeah, much really sense. It's really beautiful and it's really practical, which I really like. Um, but I just think that that's so cool. I have kind of wondered like, okay, Ash Wednesday, putting ashes on you. Where do they come from? (laughs) I've never asked that question, but are we buying ashes on Amazon? I don't know. Are we, I don't want to go beyond that question, but I like to think that they're all from the palm branches from the palm Sunday prior. Let's Um, just go with that. Yeah. All right, you've already you've already jumped into where I wanted to go next. So we're talking Easter. Easter starts with Lent, which mm-hmm. is another one of those uh, patently Christian but like vaguely familiar hazy things. Yep. So what do you know about Lent? Uh, you already mentioned Ash Wednesday, and anything else? Like what what's the whole deal with Lent? Yeah, well, it's kind of funny. Um, so a lot of what I do in my day job, as you know, Chris. Um, anyone listening might not know is I handle a lot of our customer service um, things that come up. Um, And so I'm answering a lot of customer emails, people that have bought our products from Goodkind. And one of the biggest questions I get every year is, hey, can I still do my Easter blocks? Lent has already started. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so if you're listening now, like, it's not too late. You can join us because good news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Easter blocks, uh, it's not for Lent. Um, it's for Holy Week. And, you know, we're not talking about Easter blocks right now, but Lent is much longer. It's 40 days plus the Sundays. Is that correct, Chris? Yeah. So this, I feel a little ashamed that at, uh, at, at 38, Mm-hmm. And a guy who's got both a master's and a PhD in theology that this year I learned that Lent was actually 46 days long. Yeah. Because in my head, it's always been the 40 days from right. Ash Wednesday to Easter. And it is kind of liturgically, technically 40 days, mm-hmm. but that, that 40 days doesn't count the Sundays between Ash Wednesday and Easter. So if you actually look at the calendar from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday, you're looking at 46 total days. And it's yeah. kind of messed with my head a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. It's like, it feels like pregnancy to me oh, where gosh. it's like, oh, it's nine months <laughs> or like 
how many or weeks? 40 but weeks. But they don't, like, Wait they don't match minute. up. Yeah. <laughs> like, 40 weeks did not equal nine months. So, you know, people, I was pregnant a while back and people would say, how far along are you? And I would get very frustrated and say, I don't really know. <laughs> which, and you know. The, and then there's the perceived time. It's like, you know what? Feels yes. like a year. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So Lent and pregnancy, basically the same. <laughs> There are some, uh, I haven't thought about this ahead of time, so I'm not going to venture into what the overlaps might be. Did you see, I I have to mention this, this will probably be old news by the time this releases, but did you see, I think it was on the Today Show, they had Mark Wahlberg on. This is Lent, this is Lent related. So uh, I'll get to Mark Wahlberg in a second. Um, One of the the key practices of Lent, right? This This is the core piece of what the liturgical calendar does during this season, is it's mm-hmm. a t- it's a somber time. It's a time to fast, to pray, um, giving to the poor is often a key element of this. But it's it's a down time in preparation for the up that is Easter. Even the ashes, pastors or priests will say as they put the ashes on your head, from dust you came, to dust you will return. So it's very yeah. somber, reminder of mortality. And um, in many churches, or people, individuals will pick this up too. The idea is you'll lay something aside during Lent. Maybe you mm-hmm. won't eat meat or um, you'll fast one day a week from a certain meal. So that's that's not new. That's not now what's been going on for centuries. Right. Mar- yep. Mark Wahlberg enters the scene huh. because he, he's Catholic. And um, he was on the Today Show sharing about some of this practice and how he's going to be fasting from certain things during Lent. And it was, it was actually rather beautiful. He was trying to, he was inviting people in to say, Hey, this is the Christian faith. We think it's beautiful. I'd invite you in to join me. Wow. Um, but having more of a category for Mark Wahlberg than the Christian uh, calendar, they framed it as Mark Wahlberg's 40 day challenge. That's <laughs> <laughs> so- I love it. People are running with that now. Like, let's rebrand Lent as Mark Wahlberg's forty-day challenge. That's yeah. Ooh, that's that's different. It's that's <laughs> that's very funny. Um, yeah, so I read an article also this week in preparation for this, and I noticed I thought this was really cool. It the headline of the article was uh, "Lent is not a vibe." <laughs> Ooh, okay. And I was What's like, the, yeah, yeah, more yeah. of that because like growing up. You know, a lot of people that I knew would give something up. Um, right. It was kind of a common thing, like, well, what are you giving up for Lent? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I went to a small Christian school for middle and high school. And so it kind of became like a one-upping game. Yes. Which also very much not the point. But like, well, right. I'm giving up this. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, once I got to college, I was like, we don't need to do that. Yeah, We are that. not commanded. We are free in Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, there you go. you know, now I am you know, kind of coming back around going, oh, there was, there was a lot of good in that. Maybe not in like a 40 day challenge, maybe not in one upping your (laughs) friends at school, but yeah. And so like, I've started to think about it again and, you know, think back to the Palm Sunday services at my old church and the tradition and the beauty of that liturgy. And what called me out so much was that article going it's not just a vibe of like what you think is cool and like maybe edgy for the christian faith or even like what feels good to you you know make lent sad so that you're happier on easter like that's that's not what it's about um it it is about death (laughs) (laughs) that's not a vibe it's not cool it's not trendy it's just about dying to yourself 
looking at somebody across from you with ashes on their forehead going, oh, you're going to die. This too. is, yeah, this is where we're all headed. And apart yeah. from Christ, this is, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, so here's, here's a little etymological uh, mm. journey for you. Fun. Yes. Before we jump into Holy Week, we'll skip to the end. But uh, <clears throat> a lot of people, one of the, the key things to give up during Lent is meat. This is a very mm-hmm. traditional way of, of fasting. It's not to skip meals particularly, but from Ash Wednesday to Easter, you don't eat any meat. Generally, um, folks would eat fish, like for yep. the protein, but no you know, uh, beef, other things like that. And so um, the name Papalardo, my last Ooh. name, is related to this. It means... Huh. Uh, fat eater or like bacon, <laughs> bacon eater, and it's not a not How a good nice connotation, right? Yes, yeah, not a good connotation because it comes from folks who during Lent would be very vocal about keeping the fast. We don't mm. eat pork, we don't eat beef. We're you know we're fasting during this time. Then yeah. they go home and behind closed doors, what would they do? They would pound a bacon. <laughs> and so Papalardo is kind of a slang term for a hypocrite who was telling all that exactly the opposite of what Jesus was saying when he commanded us about fasting, right? He wow. said, do the fast, but don't make a show of it. Papalardo yep. would be the opposite of making a big show of it and not actually keeping the fast at all. So that's uh, uh, that's my people, I guess. I guess that's, that's, yeah. that's where we came from. I mean, I'm glad I know that about you now. <laughs> there you go. Lesson <laughs> Lesson learned. This bacon man. Away. Bacon eater. Yeah, bacon, bacon eating eater. man. Which is not false. <laughs> I was going to say, it, it could be, you know, more inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't. Anyway, I like it. All right. Holy Week. Holy so Week. Lent starts Ash Wednesday. Yep. Uh, it's a period of reflecting on mortality, but it ends It ends big. There's a, like, it's actually pointed towards something really beautiful. But even that last week, um, mm-hmm. descends even further into the depths, right? With Jesus's death and resurrection. So what are the key beats then of, of Holy Week? What are we looking at there in terms of like significant dates? You already mentioned Palm Sunday. Yeah. So um, yeah, you kind of kick it off with Palm Sunday and then, um, you know, the next kind of, at least the way that I've always thought about it <laughs> is like the next like real special one Thing. is Monday yep. Thursday. Yep. And then um, you got Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And the rest kind of feel like, ooh, these are in here too. Um, we'll put the word holy in front. <laughs> so a holy Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, there's there's significance behind each day. Um, but I think a lot of the tendency is just to go straight from, you know, Palm Sunday to Good Friday to Easter. Kind of skip the rest. Um, sometimes Maundy Thursday gets a little attention because the word Maundy is kind of weird. Um, right. and if you're trying to type it, you got to figure out how to spell it. Um, not, but... not, not Monday, Thursday. <laughs> yeah, no, ma- Maundy. What is it? There's did you U. look up what Monday means? I did. It's, it kind of means, uh, like command, uh, in reference to the new commandment. It's from oh. the Latin word mandatum, uh, okay. which means command. So, um, because at the last supper, yep. In the, I guess, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, "A new command I leave you: love one yep. another." Interesting. Yeah, so it, it goes by some other names too. Because I was interested. Um, some people just call it Holy Thursday. I mean, we call it Great and Holy Thursday. I mean, great and Holy a little, feels a bit much. A little yeah. bump, you know. 
<laughs> this isn't just Tuesday we're talking about. This is great <laughs> and holy. <laughs> um, Covenant Thursday and the oh, Thursday like of Mysteries, which is maybe my favorite. That feels a little too Harry Potter. I think that's the Department like of it. Mysteries. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no shade on Harry Potter. It just it just feels like the wrong category. Yeah, but yeah, Covenant Thursday. Like thinking about the New Commandment and the New Covenant. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, the New Covenant. Jesus washing the disciples' feet. You know, traditionally we think that this was Jesus's last Passover meal. Right. Um, and so, yeah, Thursday's got some good stuff going on. Thursday's got a lot of stuff going on. That is, I think <laughs> if you're looking at um, kind of the amount of the story in the Gospels, Thursday gets a huge focus because that's when yeah. the Last Supper happens. You have the institution of communion in Matthew, Mark, Luke, mm-hmm. and then in John's, the the story of him washing his feet, washing the disciples' feet. John has so many chapters of Jesus teaching at the on that yeah. Thursday. Um, yeah, that so that brings up... Um, this is something, here's something I learned this week. The timing of Easter, you know, it's kind of wonky. It's one I of these know. like floating holidays that's like spring-ish. Yeah. Um, and it's because, I don't know if you knew this, it's because of that alignment with Passover, right? So mm-hmm. Easter, the Easter story, what's happening that, that week leading up to Jesus's death and resurrection is they're celebrating the Passover meal together, this Jewish, yeah. um, Jewish mm-hmm. religious ceremony commemorating the exodus right they were slaves in egypt god brought them out and said remember this mark this date eat bread and lamb and these bitter herbs and tell the story over and over again yeah and because passover is oddly timed easter Mm -hmm. tries to align with that and so it's also kind of kind of squishy yeah you know it's funny like thinking back again to the school that I went to in middle school and high school um, is a little different. And so my junior year of high school, we all had to write um, a thesis, a 20 page paper um, arguing um, which day Jesus actually died on. Uh And let me just go ahead and say that's not like really contested. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. But it was really fascinating and it was kind of a trap for students, which (laughs) I don't appreciate now. Yeah, it's not, um, it's not good uh, pedagogy. I think. Yeah, like most juniors in high school probably don't have a great understanding of lunar calendars, um, and you know, trying to overlay the text of scripture with lunar calendars from thousands of years a ago, very long time ago. Yeah, it's it's fascinating and it is tricky. Um, yeah. And so, <laughs> for a long time, I was convinced that Jesus died on Thursday. Um, which maybe is heretical. Uh, you know, I've moved on a little bit since. But... <laughs> Definitely not the orthodox position. Let's say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would go around in college being like, "Well, did you know re- Jesus really died on Thursday? Let me tell really, you why." Really helping We're everybody like, out there, just, Amy. <laughs> can you stop? This is not helpful. Um, but and the Easter Bunny's not real, so there. Right. Let me just ruin all your fun. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting walking away from that whole experience learning for the first time that, oh, there are, there's a large body of Christians, Eastern Orthodox Christians who celebrate Easter on a different day. Um, Yes. And I did not know that, but it's usually the week after um, that Catholic or more Western traditions Mm -hmm. celebrate. And it goes all the way back to the great schism. And I think 1054. Yes. 
And like, it's just fascinating to me that, you know, Christmas is different because we don't really know when Jesus was born. So it it feels a little bit easier to just kind of pick a day and say, you know, there are reasons why we, you know, celebrate Christmas day on December 25th. It's a symbolic uh, gesture, right? Yeah. It comes into the darkness. We'll pick the shortest, darkest day of the year, but we all know. Jesus was probably wasn't born in December. We're not told, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's not like super contested um, since it is more symbolic. But Easter's a little different because we're trying to, you know, celebrate on the day right. that he died and on the day that he was resurrected. And so it's just trickier to find out. Um, and yeah, I just, I think it's fascinating and it's a whole can of worms, but um yeah, and I think it's also partially why, like, to segue a little bit into Easter blocks, like, why I think they're so helpful, because, mm. like, it's so easy to miss Easter when you don't know what day it's going to be every year. You know, like, you yeah. got to look no, on your calendar, true. like, search Easter, or, like, flip through the pages and go, oh, this is the Sunday. It's April yep. 9th this year, yep. when it might have been in March last year, or, you know, it, it yep. just is kind of all over the place. And so having Easter blocks for my family has been really helpful to like help us have a cue, help us mark the calendar so that we don't end up going, Oh shoot. Easter is in three days. (laughs) Right. We got to make sure that, you know, we've invited our friends to church and that we've got our ducks in a row or well, bunnies maybe. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot easier to slip by. Um, and so much of that has to do with the calendar and moons, and I never even knew about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lunar thing is just—it's—it's it's wild to me. Um, and yeah, we'll do it here. I'm gonna put us on the record. We're gonna, we're gonna do a whole whole episode someday in the future about solar and lunar calendars. Maybe. All right. Let's see. If we can put us. <laughs> I don't have the best that. track record with that. So <laughs> I have so I have so many thoughts, but this we won't get into it now. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk Easter blocks. We'll 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 end with this mm-hmm. um, about some of the specifics of it. But I I will say I your point is one right. This idea of like you don't know when it's coming and it sneaks up on you. That's one reason we we did Easter blocks. Another reason I, I had found something really that as we've been doing this the last few years, the value for us is having a home based mm. Easter thing um, because churches don't miss Easter like we. Right we nail that in terms of like, you know, we're not going to like go to church and that, that day find out that it's Easter. The challenge for us was like, well, how do we make this significant and at home? Like we'll do Easter baskets or eggs or whatever else, but we didn't have anything that was like patently Christian Mm -hmm. around Easter time. And um, so this having something for the lead up Palm Sunday to Easter, doing just something every day seemed to unlock that puzzle for us. In a yeah. way that wasn't really necessary. It, it didn't feel as necessary with Advent. Advent, we're like all like mm-hmm. it's grand central station for Christmas in the house. Yep. At least starting <laughs> around Halloween. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I was really grateful. Like, oh, here's something that makes the week leading up to Easter about Easter. And we're talking about it in our home. Yeah. So you've got this. We've got this. Just a, a quick overview for folks who don't have it yet. And they really should go get it. I think it's really valuable. Mm-hmm. Starting Palm Sunday, going or yeah, going to Easter Sunday, eight days. We're doing the blocks again, but instead of kind of moving one block along, you got a tray, and each day you 
move the blocks around to form a different image. Yep. Because the stories track one with every day tells a story from roughly that day in the life of Jesus leading up to his death. And then ends with a question that highlights one element of what Jesus was doing and his identity. So on Palm Sunday, he rides in, but he's on a donkey and he's weeping. And the question is, well, was Jesus a servant or was he a king? And what kind of kingdom would this man bring? And so picks up a few of those stories. When he comes into the temple, we ask the same question. He's overturning tables and ends with, well, was he a priest or was he a king? And what kind of kingdom would this man bring? And I, I just... I love how it's drawing all these things together in our mm-hmm. home because those questions, I mean, we could ask those questions every day from now until the day we die and it would yep. be so fruitful. So just starting those with, with my kids is is awesome. What What's your experience been with, with Easter blocks? Yeah, I mean, I'll go on record and say Easter blocks so far is my favorite good kind product. Um, we love it because, you know, with Christmas, like, you know, we definitely have a lot of room to grow <laughs> in our spiritual practices or, you know, how we're anticipating Jesus mm-hmm. um, during Advent. But for us, like considering Lent and Holy Week, like we were really starting at zero. Um, like we had right. no type of practice or spiritual discipline or anything that was helping us, you know, prepare ourselves for the season. Um, again, I had kind of cast off fasting, um, as a Lenten practice and never really picked anything back up. Um, and so Easter blocks was great because it is a little bit more bite size. It's a week. Yep. You can do anything for a week. Um, I don't know that we would be able to pick up, you know, a 40 day Lenten family practice and stick with it. Like a lot harder. I'm going to tell you right now we couldn't, (laughs) it just wouldn't work. We'd start strong and we'd fizzle. Um, but Easter blocks, like we really do like sit down and focus and my kid's not even old enough to like, you know, talk to us (laughs) in a meaningful way, like about the story. She's two, but going ahead and like creating that practice while she's really young, being able to invite people into it, um, as if we have friends or family over for dinner has been really, really meaningful. Um, one of the things that we say a lot is that it'll help prompt meaningful conversation exactly. about Jesus. And that's exactly what it's done for us. Um, kids laugh about Jesus throwing over tables and like what a mess that would be. Yeah. And I mean, I laugh too, cause it's kind of wild to think about if that happened in one of our churches this Sunday. Yes. Um, but yeah, we, we really love Easter blocks. Um, super meaningful, super practical, which is, I mean, what we're trying to do with everything at Good Kind. Um, so we've we've really benefited from it. We love it a lot. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I um, I, I didn't prep you for this ahead of time. I want to hear what your favorite story is, but I'll let you sit Ooh. with that. And while I tell you mine, I think my favorite story of the week is um, the... <laughs> this is my question. I'm already stumped by it. Uh-oh. I think so. I I actually really like um the 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 one we did on Tuesday, which is the we I call it the Prophet Day, where yeah. Jesus talks to the fig tree and condemns it and it dies. And the reason it's my favorite is this was toughest for me as I was writing this stuff mm. to figure out what exactly was going on, because right. in the temple and at the Last Supper and on the cross, like okay, we we kind of know the the key elements of what matters here. 
this is a story where it's like, this is just strange. It's so weird. Um, and I kept doing? that. Yeah, I kept that in the in the telling of it to be like, can you imagine a guy walking up to a tree and talking to it? <laughs> um, now, can you imagine the tree doing what he says? You know, because these 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 are kind of wild stories, and I want to yes. capture some of that. But also getting the element of like, oh, this is him being a prophet, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of hinting back at how Israel was was a fig tree. And when they were connected to God and obeying, they were fruitful. And if they would not listen, they would, you know, wither and die. And, ah, oh, you know, so that's that's one of my favorite. What uh, Which one stands out to you? Yeah, so I'm going to take a cop out a little bit. Um, but my All favorite day, yeah. no, my favorite day is Saturday. Um, okay, wow. Because I think that's the one that I'm most tempted to miss altogether. Yeah, yeah, that makes um, sense you know, we'll maybe do like a good Friday worship service at church and, you know, I'll at least be aware enough to know that it is good Friday. Right. (laughs) And then, you know, we're going to have pretty much a regular Saturday in between good Friday and Easter. Um, and so for me, like having the fabric cloth, like overlaid the candle and overlaid Mm -hmm. the blocks in the middle of the table for an entire day, like you can't ignore it. You really can't even as you're running about doing your daily life, having your breakfast, whatever, like it's there. You can't get over the fact that Jesus died yesterday and on Saturday, he's still dead. He's not risen yet. And so it's a really weird tension. um, But I think like a really, really powerful thing to experience in your home. Um, I've never had an experience quite like that. And so that's my favorite day. It's kind of a weird one. It's just full of anticipation for when you get to do the big reveal and cover. Yeah. yeah. Dump, dump all the blocks out. Yeah. Easter, yeah. Easter Sunday is fun. And the Saturday before is like intentionally mm-hmm. not, not fun. It's kind of, I guess it's our version of the ashes on Ash Wednesday, right? Like yeah. this is a visible thing, really noticeable and a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but I think in an appropriate way of saying like, yeah, this is, this is about death and resurrection but don't yeah. don't just do half of that yeah absolutely sweet yep well that's it we got to easter <laughs> i'm calling that a success we did um, we did, we did not you... get stuck on good friday or thursday whichever day jesus really died uh fri- friday okay <laughs> write, it, write it down everybody got it it's friday all right. Well, if you haven't already, get yourself a, a set of Easter blocks. They are, we think, really valuable. It's mm-hmm. going to prompt some excellent conversations in your home about um, what kind of king Jesus was and really build anticipation for Easter, not just a big thing on Sunday, but throughout the week as well. Yep. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for joining us. We will catch you next time on the Good Kind Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Good Kind Podcast. We hope you leave feeling more equipped to engage with God and one another in your habits and holiday practices. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, like, and comment. We're excited to share more content with you soon. Don't forget, you can find us online at www.goodkind.shop. Thanks for listening and see you next time on the Good Kind Podcast.